Hashtag murder may contain explicit and disturbing material and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Hashtag Murder. Woo! I'm Scar. And I'm Alex. And we're millennials who love murder. And pizza. And once again, pizza. Once again, pizza. <laughs> Our life is pizza and burgers. It really is. Dustin <laughs> made burgers tonight. Damn it. He was like, you're going to miss burger night. I know. I was a little sad about it. Um. Oh, okay. So before we get started, I have two corrections real quick. First correction in the Kelsey Barrett episode. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I thought she was married to Piece of Shit Patrick. They're not married. They're not married. Okay. They're just engaged. They were fianced. They were engaged to be married. They were, yes. Um, so they were not married. And second correction is that the the book from Monica LeBeau. Yes. It's face on the milk carton, not girl on the milk carton. Okay. Just to make sure everybody's on the same page here. Now, I was racking my brain on the way over here about mm-hmm. what I was going to tell you about because I forgot, of course. Oh, it didn't have to do with uh, Carl, 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 it Carlson. Does. Mm-hmm. It does. But before still... I tell you that, on the way here. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so on the way here, I stopped at the gas station uh, to get your beer. Yep. Which there's a very small selection of, but they, they did have the Miller, the Miller Light. The Miller. The backup. Yeah. And... So I pulled up and I was going to get some gas and I pulled behind this little white car and the guy got out of the car and then he reached into the car to get something else out of the car. And I was like, what is he doing? And he lifts his dog out of the car and puts the dog on the roof of his car. What? Um, <laughs> he put his dog on the roof of his car. Why? Because he knew it wouldn't run away and he didn't want to leave it in the car. So he put his little chihuahua on top of his car and went into the gas station, got his beer, got his cigarettes and left. That's the strangest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) I have a photo. Hold on one moment. I've been having to um, carry Georgie boy up the stairs because he can't really like make it anymore because of his breathing. It's just a lot lot of work and a lot of effort. And now he knows that I will pick him up and Uh, carry him up the stairs. So even if he can make it. He'll go like one step and, and then, then he'll look, look at me and he's like, mom, please don't make me. Uh, oh, before I show you this picture. So I set up that GoFundMe for George. Mm-hmm. Got over $1,800. I know. My sister, Anna, donated like 800 something dollars by herself. I was like, Anna, I you know. are the best. Uh, and um and brian who brian. also he's on the midwest football podcast yeah donated 500 oh my god y'all so are y'all, great and you guys should go follow brian's podcast if you yeah. like sports ball yeah it's a sports ball podcast sports ball um but i was a little overwhelmed i mm-hmm. might have cried i did cry you did cry i cried i've definitely <laughs> cried at least <laughs> once or twice every day since getting the news about george i cried also. so we're just enjoying the time we have with him while yes. we have him because yes. he's a good boy. He's a very good boy. He did go to kickball this week. I know. He had a little shirt on. fucking loved it. He was getting <laughs> so much attention. And then um, my kickball team got him a new bed. Maya and Tristan got him this like, goodie bag with toys and cookies. Did he have a little... Um, he got a hat, yes. He had a little crown on. He had a crown. <laughs> we'll share a picture on the Insta. I know. Oh, my God. It was so sweet. And I love him so much. He's a good boy. Oh, and then we took him to the pub after for our team beers. And I got him, like... Oh. They do like little puppy bowls at the sports pub so you can get grilled chicken, I think eggs, and then maybe bacon or something, and a little little dog bowl. Oh, 
So they gave him that. And they gave him a bandana. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so sweet. Oh my God. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. Y'all are the best. Yes, all, you are all the best. donated and sent well wishes. We really appreciate it. Um. Oh, but real quick, here's the dog. That's a cat. <laughs> it's a dog. It looks like a cat. <laughs> It looks like a little orange tabby cat. It does. But it just laid there. I walked past it and kind of like waved like it was just a person the... and it just sat there. So uh, strange. I know. So yeah, I, that was going to be the thing I was going to tell you, which I did tell you, but now I have to tell you something else because it's insane. Okay, let's hear it. So I was at work on Tuesday mm-hmm. and today's Saturday. Yes. And I was telling my coworker, we kind of chatted. She's very chatty, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. And we kind of chatted about the podcast a little bit and then got distracted and then went a few weeks and then I brought it up again or she brought it up again. I don't know. So I go outside and I come back in and she says, I have a topic for you to cover on your podcast. And I said, yeah. She's like, yeah, it's actually somebody I'm related to. And I said, who? And she said, his name is Carl Carlson. (gasps) (laughs) What? Please tell me she's going to listen to the episode. She, I think she already did. Oh um, my God. That's ironic. So she said that and I said, say the name one more time. And she said, Carl Carlson. He killed his son. I was like, oh, that episode comes out on Thursday. Which yes. Yeah, two days ago. What? Isn't that insane? That's like, that's freaky. That's a small world. That dude was in New York. Yeah. And she's from New York. And Is it like her cousin or something? Yes. He's not. Wife number two was the cousin was a cousin okay but she was telling me that the cousin that turned him in that lives in kentucky yeah um her name is aunt jackie and it's her aunt that called in and turned carl in and that's she started the whole investigation fuck yeah aunt jackie i know hell yeah i could not believe it my excitement i wanted to tell you right then and there and i was like nope i'm gonna save it that's fucking wild isn't that crazy that's insane. She suggested and is related to the case that came out two days before she even <laughs> knew about it. <laughs> yes, and that was the first thing she said to me. And she went on and on about the about the horses and the ducks and how he was just this gigantic asshole, which we already knew. We already knew that. At least she confirmed our yes our story. Isn't wow, crazy. Damn. I couldn't believe it. My That's jaw so cool. literally dropped. That's insane. I know. I said, that episode comes out in two days. <laughs> Tell her to send it to all her family who likes talking shit about him. I know. I was like, I really hope we did Levi and Christina justice. I, I think we did. I think we did. Um, But, oh my God. I thought that was completely cr- insane. That's... <laughs> fucking wild. I can't believe I held that secret in. Yeah, I'm impressed. Normally you have to tell me immediately. I know. Uh, I really, I was gonna call you and I was like, nope, I'm gonna hold on to it. So those are, that's all, that's what I got for you today. Damn. <laughs> um. Well, I got another sports ball for you. Oh my. For our second installment of oh. Felonious Fathers. <laughs> Uh, and true crime meets sports ball. And sports more, ball tr- true crime. more true crime meets sports ball. Yeah. Okay. I don't know who this is. So I'm I'm excited. What's funny is I already had this typed up and ready. And then Dustin was like, oh, you should cover Ray Carruth for your, your June's episodes. And I was like, I actually already have him typed up. Yep. It's already done. And the reason that Dustin knows who he is will be revealed in a few minutes. Oh, okay. 
Okay. So, All right. Cool. Let's do it. This is the story of Ray Carruth, who was an NFL player who oh. did some naughty things. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Ray Carruth was born Ray Lamar Wiggins on January 20th, 1974, and he ended up changing his last name from Wiggins to Carruth because he ended up, like, his parents weren't married, so oh. he didn't take his dad's name. He took his stepdad's name. Oh. Kind of okay. like Charles Manson. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. So, Carruth was raised in a really rough neighborhood in Sacramento, California, known as Oak Park, but his extreme athletic talent kept him out of trouble, and he spent a lot of time playing backyard football and baseball with his uncles, and he was known for his speed on the field. Oh, okay. So, he's... He's, um... Trying to stay out of trouble, essentially, yes. by doing the sports ball. Okay. Which is why a lot of kids do it. Yeah. So, okay, cool. uh, his neighborhood in Oak Park was full of, like, partying, drugs, and drinking, but Carruth refused to do any of that and focused hard on sports. All right. Which is Sounds like he's got a very, good head on his shoulders. Was, well... Okay. Oh. He did. <laughs> oh, no. Which is just impressive that he was able to say, like, no, I'm not going to do that, even though he's literally surrounded by it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. So he ended up joining the high school football team and immediately earned attention for his quick speed and great hands. All right. Unfortunately, in 1988, Carruth's mother and stepfather ended up getting divorced, and Carruth and his younger half sister were sent to live with an aunt in Texas for a short while when his mother just, like, couldn't manage to make ends meet and provide for the two kids. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's rough to be moved states yeah at least he's with family yeah but... he ended up going back so okay so when he was with his mother they never really had a place of their own and they were kind of like shuffling from like extended families homes like family friends and stuff and his grades were really suffering because of the instability but his, ath- his athleticism continued to shine all right if anything he's gonna make sure that he's catching footballs yeah and sports is always a good outlet especially if you've got mm-hmm. a lot of feelings about yep. a lot of things a lot of angst yeah Oh, yeah. That's why I played soccer for all those years. Mm -hmm. The amount of yelling. (laughs) (laughs) I let out a lot of rage on the soccer field. Oh, funny thing about that. So I also played soccer in high school. Yeah. My stepsister, Abby, who I just called my sister, but my sister, Abby, also played soccer on the same team as me. She was a year older. And our parents, so her mom and my dad, actually met at our soccer game. What? Yes. Isn't that wild? (laughs) Catherine? Carolyn. Oh, I think I'm gonna. So Anna's middle name is Catherine. So maybe that's okay. what we got that. Okay, Carolyn. Duh. Yes. I yeah. So that. Carolyn and Tommy met oh at our school game. Yep. Tommy. Tommy. Yep. <laughs> I don't know why. She but need to say yeah, that, um, but. you you could hear them from the, the stands very clearly, that's... and she can do that like whistle with your fingers thing, yeah. like that's like really high. Yeah, she can do that. <laughs> That's so fun. Yep. That's hilarious. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. A meat cute. A meat cute. <laughs> um, so yeah, he still being athletic as fuck, which is great. Yeah. He ended up earning um, high school honors in both basketball, track, and football. Wow. I don't know why I said both. I meant all three of basketball, track, and football, but okay. whatever. Grammar. It's likely he spent all the time he could practicing sports to get away from, like, the rough situation he had at home. Yeah. So he was just channeling all his energy there. Okay. He was extremely popular with his peers, and he was actually elected prom king twice. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right. Neat. At the end of his high school career, his athleticism and hard work on the field earned him a football scholarship to the University of Colorado in Boulder. All right. Going Colorado. To Mile High City. Mile High. I fucking love Colorado. I know I've said that Mile before, High City but... is Denver, I thought. Or is it bold? State? City? Country? My high state? Con- country? <laughs> oh, this ain't math. What are you doing? <laughs> this is geography. <laughs> uh, I'm no good at either. 
<laughs> well, Carruth played all four seasons for the Colorado Buffaloes, and he was named a first-team All-American in 1996. Okay. What does that mean? It means he was really good at football. Ah, all right. Yep. I understand that. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, like, the best in the league at football. Like, they take all the, oh. basically, positions and they name you. Okay. So he caught 135 passes for a total of 2,500 yards in his four years at Colorado. Sounds like a lot. Yep. It's actually technically uh, 2,540 yards, but since he's a murderer, I'm going to chop it down to 2,500. Okay. Hey, it's your story. Whatever you feel the need to do. Carruth entered his freshman year at Colorado feeling on top of the world. He was a football star. He was getting a lot of attention from the ladies. Oh, he's a ladies man. He was eating that shit up. He still didn't drink or do any drugs, which is impressive, uh, but he spent a lot of time with girls. Okay. All right. The ladies loved Carruth because he was witty and charismatic, but occasionally his uh, darker side would come out. Bit of Um, a temper? bit of a temper he would be mean uh moody or just like really vindictive for no reason at all okay like it was not uncommon for him to have multiple girlfriends at the same time none of the relationships lasting a whole lot of time and he saw women as a challenge oh huh Mm -hmm. that's gross okay along with his ladies at college he also kept a few girls under his finger that were back home in sacramento and he would make trips back home to visit them hey gotta keep them in different zip codes oh my god Uh, In his sophomore year in 1994, Carruth began a relationship with a woman named Michelle Wright, who was a former high school classmate. Okay. So she was back in Sacramento. Yeah. Michelle eventually became pregnant, and Carruth pushed her to get an abortion, claiming he didn't have enough money to support a child. But Michelle says, it's my body, bitch, and she kept the baby. Isn't he like a big sports guy? Well, so at this time in college, you weren't getting paid for being a sports ball star. That just started like this year. Oh. Okay. Back then, you just went to college and played sports. You, but the reason that they did that is because you're gonna make a lot of money if you make it into the like major leagues or big time NFL, MLB, whatever. So that's why he wasn't getting a lot of money. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Hmm. Caruth ended up breaking things off with Michelle after she decided to keep their child because he's a piece of shit, and she gave birth to their son Raylando in 1994. Okay. Assuming he's not gonna be in the picture. Not really. Um, he rarely made trips back to sacramento anymore and he wanted nothing to do with his child there we go yeah mm-hmm. so with that going on back home you would think caruth would have been struggling on the field but no he was still being amazing he broke records for yard gained by a freshman player and his junior year he was named the team's mvp impressive yeah all right yep he should have channeled a little bit of that into being a dad but whatever yeah just a decent human being yeah all right no that's too difficult nope. uh so on field and in the locker room he grew a reputation for being very serious and hardworking, but off the field, his passion was for writing, and he had dreams of being a screenwriter or poet after his football career would eventually end. Oh. Which was, I was watching something on this, and I was like, that's shocking. Was that he would any not... good? Did we have any, like, snippets? Um, I didn't look any up, but hmm. since he was so determined to be good at everything he did, I would assume yes, uh, but he also wasn't good academically in school, so I don't know. Huh, okay. We'll have to look into that. Yeah, he had really strong goals for being a star in the NFL, and one to eventually become famous for his writing so no matter what he wants to be famous that's his goal he's like no matter what it's for really he's like yeah i want to be in the nfl but if i'm not going to be in the nfl i'm going to be a famous writer 
interesting. Yep. I really want to know what genre. Yeah. And unlike a lot of our college football players who don't earn their degree, like Stetson Bennett, who was in fucking college for like seven years and didn't earn any degree, uh, he actually earned his degree with a double major in English. Hey. Pretty awesome. So I guess he maybe was a good writer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Carruth had a dominant senior year in 1996 and established himself as one of the NFL's most ready players for that year's upcoming draft. Wow. Yep. Okay. Which is huge. After the season ended, he received an invite to the NFL Combine in Indianapolis and made a really great impression there. At the Combine, he clocked the fastest 40-yard dash at 4.17 seconds and did well on both the IQ test and the psyche valves as well. Huh. What's a Combine? Um... <laughs> <laughs> I swear I, I was put listening. that in there. He so basically they take like all the players that want to be in the NFL draft. Okay. Um, they take them and like the most ones that are like impressive and ready. They basically set them out and they want to see their skills on the field in person, so that way they don't have to go make trips to see all of these different players. Oh playing or just together yeah in one area yeah so they'll get a bunch of quarterbacks and they'll all do the same drills and then they'll get a bunch of wide receivers and they'll all do the same drills and they'll just see how they perform stacked up against each other in the same kind of environment so that way everything's an even playing field yeah it's kind of like that okay cool it's basically just to see what their skills are all right so he was a little bit smaller than your average nfl receiver at only five foot eleven the average was six three at the time damn yeah that's super tall super tall but his speed and intangibles still estimated him to go early within the first round, and some thought he would even go within, like, the first 15 picks. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the higher you get drafted, the higher that signing bonus is. In- ah, okay. The, mo- the Moonies. So Caruth was absolutely pumped. He's like, I need to go in the first, like, 15. Well, how low is the lowest signing bonus? Uh, is it still, like, in the millions? It's not in the millions in- at this point in time. Okay. Because it's in the late 90s. Okay. But now it's, like, in the millions. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So when he flew home after the combine, he was riding high on that ego, and he knew that he had a spot in the NFL, almost guaranteed at this point. But when he landed, he came home to an absolute shit show. Oh, okay. His mother's home had been burglarized and burned to the ground. Oh, shit. So he lost all of his childhood possessions, along with all of his mother's things. Whoa. That's shitty. And the cherry on top of all this was that uh, baby mama, Michelle Wright, was now suing him for child support as well. There we go. It's a real good time to do it because he's about to get that NFL money. Yeah. I was wondering whenever that was going to come back into play. Oh, yeah. He wasn't just going to let sleeping dogs lie on that one. Oh, fuck no. She shouldn't. Yeah. No, Um, she shouldn't at all. uh, He might have been able to brush her off before being like a poor college student because that tracks. But there would be no excuse once he signed that contract. No, not at all. Making thousands of dollars a game or whatever. Thousands? No, he's made millions. No, uh, I think he made like a total billions, one billion dollars. <laughs> uh, so Michelle was requesting seven thousand dollars a month, Damn. Um, half going towards raising their son, and the other half going to a trust fund for their child, hey. which is very responsible, Michelle. It is, and that sounds like a good amount of money. Mm-hmm. I like it. Caruth fought the lawsuit and of ended up getting it lowered to fifty-five hundred dollars a month. And he was able to keep it under the radar because he didn't want to like it to affect his draft stock. Which I don't know why that would. You have a child, but that does not affect your draft stock. Yeah, don't lots of people have children? Children, right? yeah. Huh, okay. um, yeah. So he continued to work out and get ready for the NFL draft, but his performance was now being affected by his mental state with all like the family issues occurring. Hmm. So Caruth and his family gathered at an aunt's house to watch the draft. And Caruth was like serious and focused solely on the TVs the whole time while his family's like laughing and basically having a party. Oh, 
Because mm. they're like, they're excited. They're like, our kid's probably going to get drafted. Like, yeah. this is exciting. And I'm sure he was probably stressed. He's stressed the fuck out because he wants to go early in the draft. So I guess this is before they have the big at the football stadium. And they well, they still the names d- and the- well, they still do that, but not all players go to that. Uh-huh. A lot of them actually like stay at home and wait for the call. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I watched that this year. Um, yeah. It's stupid. <laughs> And then Derek was like, you going to play fantasy football again this year? I said, well, I watched the goddamn names being read. So yep. I guess I'll play fantasy football. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Keep going. Um, yep. So basically he's like, eyes on the TV. I ain't celebrating with nobody till I get that call. Okay. All right. So the more picks that came and gone, Caruth knew that his signing bonus was continuing to drop. And after the Eagles had selected a defensive end for their 25th pick, the phone finally rang for him. And it was the owner of the Carolina Panthers. Oh. Jerry Richardson. All right. Mm-hmm. The Panthers. I do know them. Yeah. It's our local They're blue, team. Right? They're blue. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's like a tealish. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. And he asked Caruth, do you want to become a member of the Carolina Panthers? Whoa. And his family was like just erupting with oh, like cheers and yelling. It. And he said, yes, I do want to be a Panther. Yeah. So, okay. He, at 22 years old, signed a four-year, $3.7 million deal and a $1.3 million signing bonus. Oh, my So millions, God. millions. And how old is he? Like 20? 22. 22. I just said that. Shit. I In one year and out the other. I God I was listening. <laughs> He bought, uh, he got to spend in real quick. He bought his mom a new house, himself okay. a new home, his girlfriend and her mother a brand new Lexus each. Okay. Which is not baby not... mama. Not, okay. not baby mama. New girlfriend. All right. Moving on. And he had still had more than enough to pay for his court-ordered child support. Oh, I'm sure. Which, why didn't you buy your baby mama a car? Like a nice little, like, safe SUV? Yeah. Piece of shit. Didn't have to be a Lexus. No. It'd be a nice RAV4. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. A, okay. su- a lesbaroo. <laughs> Super lesbian? Super lesbian. Unfortunately for Mr. Carruth, playing in the NFL did not come easy for him. The pace of the game was a lot quicker, and he had a huge culture shock when it came to the locker room. Oh. Carruth was like kind of used to like a laid back brotherhood, like fraternity type of college football. Yeah, all buddies. Yeah, but in the NFL, most of his teammates were older and married, and they treated the NFL just like a job. And they didn't have a huge interest in, like, socializing. Is that how it is now? Um, I mean, some of the players like to socialize and go out, but a lot of them were like, hey, this is my job, and then I'm going to go home to my family. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Cool. So, but a lot of them do, like, spend time together and stuff. Yeah. So, he already had a very reserved nature about himself, and he grew a reputation in the locker room as being kind of a loner, because even when he did go out with his teammates, they made fun of him for not drinking. Was it making fun of, or just like... Bro, why are you drinking? Was saying it? This? Um, they're probably just giving him a hard time, because you like you know how yeah, boys like, are ah, take a shot take come a shot on. come on <laughs> okay. ain't gonna hurt you yeah okay but his work ethic on the field did not change and he continued to turn heads and impress his teammates with his skill and athleticism on the field yeah he said sa- i mean i don't know what a good or bad football person looks like but he sounds like he's good yeah been doing it his whole life and mm-hmm. he's very focused on it yeah okay on august 31st 1999 he got to experience playing in time in his very first game okay uh, his workload increased as the season progressed, and he had a really strong first season with the Panthers. By the third game, he was named the starter, and by the fifth game, he had scored his first touchdown of the NFL career. Okay. What game? Fourth? Fifth. Fifth game. Uh, he led the team in receiving yards and was nominated for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Oh, that's impressive. Do you know what that is? Nope. 
Oh, the first year playing. Yes. He's the best one of the first year. Uh, he was nominated for it. Oh. Of the offensive players. Okay. All right. So he wore number 89 and he caught 44 passes for 545 yards, including four touchdown passes, which was tied for rookies that season. Yeah. Sports. <laughs> Sports. Sports ball. He got named to the all-rookie team as a wide receiver. Oh. It's like he was one of the best rookies that year. What's an all-rookie team? It's all rookies. Who do they play for? They don't... <laughs> It's just like an award. They don't play for anybody. (laughs) Okay. I got you. Oh, my. Uh, He may have been performing well on the field as an individual, but his team was badly performing and missed the playoffs, even though they were the favorites to win the NFC South, which is their division. Okay. I even put it in there. That is their division scar. (laughs) I was just slowly nodding my head. Like, yeah. (laughs) Uh, The Panthers, they usually suck, so that doesn't, that makes sense. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, things were a little rocky at home as well. Carew's girlfriend actually broke up with him when she found out he was cheating on her. Shocking. Yeah, not shocking no one. Shocking no one. Yeah, apparently his ladies' man charisma follow him to Charlotte as well. Okay. Uh, and like the asshole he was, he also took back the Lexus he bought for his ex-girlfriend's mom and started flaunting his single life going into his second NFL season. So he returned the mom's Lexus, mm-hmm. but not the, the ex-girlfriend's. Chicks. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a dick move. The mom didn't break up with you yeah the girl did (laughs) and you cheated on her you deserved it exactly he and along with some of his new panthers rookies started bar hopping and became frequent patrons at one of the strip clubs in charlotte ah so now he's drinking uh no he's still not drinking he's just hanging out at the strip club with the boys oh okay Mm -hmm. all right uh, one night when he was out, he visited the Diamond Club, at, uh, and which was like a strip club they frequented, Okay. and found himself drawn to one of the dancers there, which he would find out later her real name was Sharika Adams. Okay. So, in June 1998, Carruth attended one of his teammates' house parties. By luck of the draw, he ran into Sharika, introduced himself, and immediately turned on the charm. Sharika was all, all into it. Yeah. So, oh, whenever he saw her at the club, they didn't introduce each other, and no. then he saw her here it was like it's serendipitous hey. it's hey. happening hey like i noticed you at the diamond club and yeah. i think you're cute okay i'm All big right. nfl player oh lord yep. okay uh sharika was entranced by caruth's charisma and wit and the two excused themselves from the party and spent the rest of the day with each other oh a little hank pank mm-hmm <laughs> And later that evening, Sharika would actually bring Karuth home to meet her dad, which... What? Very bold. In one day? One day. They spent six hours together? She's like, you're meeting the fam. You're meeting the fam. Okay. Which uh, apparently was extremely rare for her, but her parents took it as Sharika being serious about Karuth. The two immediately bonded of their shared ambition. Sharika wanted to be a real estate agent and investor, and Karuth wanted to be a famous NFL player. All right. Did continue to see each other casually, but their schedules conflicted a lot since they were both very busy working and Caruth was focusing on getting ready for his second season in the NFL. Okay. Still with the Panthers? Still with the Panthers. Okay. All right. So going into the next season, Caruth had worked really hard in the off season and was in the best shape of his life and was determined to prove that he was one of the best receivers in the league, which when I was talking to Dustin about this, he was like, yeah, I remember that guy. Like he was the big thing for the Panthers. Like we were all so excited to see like how he was doing. Yeah. And then shit hit the fan. Oh, okay. So... (laughs) 
Uh, the Carolina Panthers opened their season to the Atlanta Falcons, but was having a hard time breaking away from the defense and only managed three catches for 12 yards, which is basically that, nothing. I was going to say, that sounds like hot garbage. It's That's real bad. <laughs> okay. Carruth managed to find a gap in the defense with only three minutes left in the half down the field. Pass was a little overthrown, and as Carruth landed, he broke his foot. Oh. This would put him out for at least several games with the bone that was broken in his foot. Oh. Which is very unfortunate. Like, season opener and you've got a broken foot. Yeah. President just don't put you down like a like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> well, they kind of do. Um, he didn't want to end up, like, the same fate as a lot of wide receivers. Your average wide receiver only lasted about three years in the game. Oh, wow. Just brutal, like, the brutal wow. nature of it. Like, you're getting the shit knocked out of you. Yeah. When you catch a ball. Injuries like what he had. Shit happens. Huh, okay. But he was determined to get himself back out onto the field ASAP. Peruth didn't want to be seen as obsolete and pushed himself to come back even sooner than he should have, even though he wasn't fully healed. Okay. He didn't want to be forgotten about if, like, if they got a nice another rookie wide receiver catching passes. Yeah. Can they get somebody in the middle of the year? You can. Yeah. Oh, huh. okay. He missed seven games, but was able to convince his coaches to let him play in the Week 10 game. But they immediately regretted it. You could tell that Carruth wasn't fully healed and he didn't have the same speed or strength as if he would have if he was fully healed. So he got placed back onto the injured reserve as soon as the game ended. Yeah. And then he was done for the year. I mean, if you're injured like that, just stay out. Just stay out. And, and he's still getting paid? Yeah, you're still getting paid. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> he may not be getting like his like spiffs for like if you get like X amount of yards or catches, etc. But like oh. you still got that guaranteed money. Yeah. So like just get chill out, get better and then come back. He just wanted to be famous. Yeah. Well. So Carruth was feeling all sorts of ways, sitting on the bench and watching uh, his backup continue to be a star on the field while he was still receiving. Sorry, while he was still recovering from an injury. And as most men with giant egos, he was butthurt and feeling left out. Boo-hoo. Of course. Poor me. I'm an NFL football player that can't play football right now. Because I'm injured. But I'm still getting paid. Woe is me. (laughs) Uh, So Carruth remained in Charlotte, North Carolina for the offseason to rehab his injury and he also rekindled his relationship with Sharika. And the two became exclusive. Or at least Sharika thought so. Oh, mm, I don't like this guy. Me either. <laughs> I don't like him. You're really not going to like him in like uh, 20 minutes. All right. So Sharika was head over heels for Karuth and wanted to settle down and raise a family with him. But the feelings were not reciprocated and Karuth had no intentions of being domesticated. Uh, he was focused on one thing and one thing only. Karuth. Yeah. Which is fine if you explain that to the other person. Yeah, like, don't get hey. into an ex- exclusive relationship and... And act like you're that being there for that person when you obviously have no intention to do that. No. Yeah. Just be straight up and be like, hey, you're my you're my side piece. Yeah. You're my fuck buddy. Like, this hey, is how we can it be is. friends. We can spend time together. But... I'll even spend money on you, but it's not going to be a thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, he started getting a little bit of a wandering eye for other ladies uh, when he was supposed to be focused on Sharika. Yeah. Not surprised. By March, he was already over Sharika and had stopped seeing her altogether or returning her phone calls. He basically goes to. Uh, uh, but which is rude. Fucking rude. Just man up and say, I don't want to be with you anymore. Yeah. But Sharika managed to get a hold of him towards the end of April and told him she had something really urgent to discuss with him that she wanted to talk about in person. Uh-oh. Uh, Okay. Yep. Nope, just keep going. In mid-May, she managed to get a message through one of Carruth's friends and told him she was pregnant. Uh. I had a feeling that's what you were going to say. Yep. Uh, Carruth got the message from his buddy, but ignored it. God 
damn it. He didn't even make an attempt to call Sharika back or meet up with her. So clearly he did not care for her at all as a person or even his unborn child. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of what he... That's what he did with the last one. one. Yeah. 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 Except that one, he told her to get an abortion. And when she didn't, he was like, fuck you. Not paying for it. Not paying for you. Nothing. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But then she took his ass to court and guess who's paying for the baby. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Caruth actually started dating another woman at this time, a 19-year-old named Candace Smith. Just keep getting... Or no, they stay the same age, mm-hmm. even though he's getting older. Okay. Oh, and just like Sharika, she worked part-time as an exotic dancer. Of course. He's got a type. Yeah. After a few months, Caruth even told her he was ready to be exclusive. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand okay. his thought process. Caruth uh, was still anxious about the situation with Sharika and his unborn child, however, and he knew he had to come clean to Candace about it before she found out on her own from other sources that were not him. Yeah. It's best to fess up before... Uh... She finds out from someone that ain't you. Yeah. Okay. So he took her out to a nice dinner one night to butter her up and kind of came clean. Okay. He told Candace that Sharika lied about being on birth control and that he wasn't even sure if the baby was his and how worried he was about the financial burden another child would put on him. Here's the thing. You do have enough money. You're an NFL player. Yeah. Second of all, you're talking about your second unborn child. Mm -hmm. And you just ghosted the poor girl. Yeah. And you're just going to act like it's not happening, like it's not existing. Sting, yeah. Just because it's not directly in front of you, which mm-hmm. I kind of do that out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, that's shitty if you're someone's literal to-be parent. Yeah. yeah. So Candace knew about Crude's reputation as being a fuckboy, but she was shocked about his behavior towards his baby mama and unborn child, and it really put her off, and she started to see how selfish and awful he was. Yeah. So after that night, Candace started putting a little space in between herself and Caruth, which I think is really okay. awesome of her. Yeah, good girl. She's like, she's I'm not- team woman. Yeah, she's like, I'm not gonna let this shit happen to me. Like, no. Yeah. Uh, so finally, Caruth sort of grew a pair and knew he had to talk to Sharika about their child and figure out what was going to happen with the situation. Uh, He immediately tried to push her to get an abortion, but she stood her ground and said no, she was not going to do that and she wanted to have the baby. Well, it's already been, it's probably too late at this point. It's been a few months. (sighs) It's probably, well, if he, uh, it's probably like four months. Oh. Eh, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's too late. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Caruth grew moodier and his attitude was awful and he got even worse as the upcoming season was coming closer. Instead of seeing Sharika as a potential life partner, he saw her as someone trying to ruin everything for him because he's selfish. Yep, he's seeing her as someone who is in his way. Yep. Yep. Uh, So he thought he only had one choice and he was going to do whatever he could to make sure his football career would not be ruined. While living in Charlotte, Caruth had grown a friendship with a man named Van Brett Watkins, a.k.a. New York, who was a bouncer and handyman. All right. And our man Watkins had quite the rap sheet for himself. Huh. Okay. Uh, He was convicted of assault, illegal weapons, and grand larceny. Sounds like a great guy. He's so good. (laughs) And he was like a really big guy and came off like just intimidating. intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And he also had a really bad temper. Great. Love that combination. Probably where the assault came from. Yeah. Uh, he even once lit his prison cellmate on fire and oh. stabbed his own brother. <laughs> Lit his cellmate on fire? Mm-hmm. And then stabbed his brother? Yep. Okay. And he's not in jail? He was. Not anymore. All right. Oh, well, he is now. Oh, okay. Spoiler. <laughs> Uh, He had a reputation for being a drug dealer and moving product from Atlanta to Charlotte, as well as picking up contracts to murder for cash. Murder for hire? Murder for hire. Is that what you just said? Murder for hire. (laughs) 
I was just making sure I heard you correctly. Yep. Murder for hire. Right. That's his specialty. Huh. Okay. Uh, he supposedly had already murdered four people doing this. Two in Atlanta, one in Miami, and one in New York. Which I don't know if I actually buy that. Just based on how the rest of this story goes. Yeah. I'm so, assuming he's not very good at it. No, he's not. Okay. <laughs> uh, Carruth hired Watkins as a handyman to build a fence around his yard. Uh, and he actually enjoyed having Watkins around because he was like a normal guy and different than like NFL coaches and stuff who he was spending time with. Yeah. Watkins also seemed trustworthy, so he decided he was going to hire him for another job. Okay. You go from building a fence to murdering for hire? Murder for hire. <laughs> like, hey man, how did that come out of you conversation? Did, you did a great job installing that white picket fence in my yard. You know, there's this other thing. <sighs> there's this other thing. Done. It's just a little thing. Um, it's very small. Yeah, I, I just need this. It's just a quick little flavor. Ba- baby thing taken care of. Yeah. <laughs> god this is insane okay so caruth paged watkins paged yes i said that paged uh, and told him he had something urgent to speak to him about and then watkins told caruth where he was and they met up in a u-haul parking lot it's a lesbian second date yeah yeah uh maybe even first date maybe first date yeah Yeah. that might be dessert (laughs) uh caruth was 100 percent certain what he wanted done and didn't want the process to be delayed at all (sighs) He told Watkins he had a problem he wanted dealt with, a.k.a. Sharika's pregnancy, and he wanted it, quote, taken care of. What? This is, this is crazy. Yeah. This is so convoluted. This okay. man is an idiot. Uh, so Watkins was kind of taken back and couldn't believe that Caruth wanted him to kill a baby, and he asked a few times if he was sure that's what he wanted, and Caruth even offered to give him a down payment for the job. So this hadn't been discussed until they met in that the parking U-Haul lot. parking lot. Yeah. So he was like, I got this other job. Let's talk about it later. I'll meet you at this U-Haul parking lot. Mm-hmm. Boom. I want you to kill Well, yeah, he paged Watkins. He's like, yo, where you at? I got something I need to talk to you about. He's like, oh, I'm in this U-Haul parking lot because he was probably like working or something. I don't know. And then they met up and he's like, I need you to kill my baby. Watkins is like, what the fuck? This Uh, is insanity. Yes. So all the men that Watkins murdered before, supposedly, allegedly, allegedly, were all really bad guys who he considered deserving of it. Oh, okay. Hitman with a conscience. Dexter of it all. Yeah. And he told Carruth he was feeling hesitant about the job, but he knew Carruth could give him a pretty penny for the job and the money was too much for Watkins to ignore. So you're okay with killing a baby for money? I just, I don't understand this. Yep. And I'm assuming, well, never mind. Keep going. (laughs) Oh, wait till you get hear how much money it is. Oh, fuck. Caruth promised to pay Watkins $3,000 plus a $300 retainer. $3,000 to murder a mother-to-be and her unborn child. Uh, yes, which uh, is only about $6,000 today. Okay. Uh, and Caruth, and no, Caruth is enough, but it's not enough. Caruth was like, hell yeah, I'll take that price because it was even less than one month's worth of child support in his mind. So wait, Watkins was like, Watkins gave him the price? Yeah, Watkins gave him the price. being like, what are you going to pay me for this? Yes. Because you can negotiate that. Okay, like, Watkins if he says, is a fucking moron. Yeah, because he should have been like, oh, I only eat 50 grand or 100 grand. Yeah, or 500 grand. What? Yep. 3000 Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is $6,000 today. Six grand. Okay. Yep. So the two drove out to a convenience store where Caruth got 300 bucks cash out for Watkins. And Watkins took it, but was unsure how the plan would even work or if Caruth was serious about it. So Watkins is like, eh, whatever, you're bullshitting me, dude. I'll take your cash, though. What, like I'll just take your 300 bucks and... and peace out? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the two discussed different plans for how this would go. Both were leaning towards Watkins beating up Sharika to cause a miscarriage, but then that led 
to the problem of her being able to identify her attacker. She yeah. doesn't know this man, Watkins. No. Yeah, I'm like, what are you, what are you even doing? Yeah, so while all this is happening, Caruth doesn't want to seem suspicious, so he starts playing the role of an expecting father and even accompanied Sharika to doctor's appointments. Whoa, that's fucked up. Yeah, so this whole time, he's planning to kill her baby, and she's he's going with her to doctor's appointments to see the baby. That is so twisted. Yep. Oh, man. And while this is happening, Watkins is taking this time to start stalking Sharika and learning everything he could about her. Oh. Oh my god so he follows her day and night learned her habits her schedule what car she drove hey he's putting in a lot of hours yes that he 3, is 000, that three thousand per hour is going way down yeah oh my god so caruth was pushing hard for the job to be done quickly but watkins wanted to make sure there was no holes in the plan because ultimately it would fall on him if he got caught He's the hitman. He's the hitman. So on September 12th, 1999, he started his season with the Panthers. And this season was not going as planned. His stat line was unremarkable at best, and he had some embarrassing dropped catches. And by the fourth game of the season, he lost his starting job. So he's losing it. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I suck at football. Can't even do that right. It's all Sharika's fault because she's having a baby. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, Come the fifth game of the season, he did manage to make it into the game, but he caught a ball and came down awkwardly on his left ankle and he had to be helped off the field due to a bad sprain which would put him out of the game for at least four weeks so another injury i don't understand whenever these players get injured and they're like ah i can't play for 10 weeks oh my god but you're still getting paid you get paid but you don't have to play and i mean unless they're literally just doing it because they love the sport yeah i don't know sounds like smells like horse shit to me but that's just me so caruth felt like his nfl career was in shame and he was barely hanging on by a thread. And then he got some news that he was the victim of a Ponzi scheme. Oh, uh, okay. Caruth had invested almost a million dollars in a business, and when he checked his bank records, he realized he only had about $150,000 to his name. Oh, fuck. Well, he also, gave him like. Banking information? <laughs> no, I think he just didn't. He thought he was going to make money off of it, so he invested a lot, oh. and then he's obviously not going to get any money back because it's a Ponzi scheme. Damn. So he basically lost a million dollars. Sucks to suck. Um, yeah, so he was angry at the world for everything in his life that had gone wrong, and instead of taking that blame on himself because he did this to himself like an adult he thought that there was only one person to blame and that was sharika adams yep so now he wanted her dead not just to have a miscarriage he literally brought all of this on himself yeah he did so come november 1999 caruth was tired of watkins continually making delays on the plan and sharika was now 30 weeks pregnant yeah time is is closing in yeah yeah. because if it's november we have an imminent baby yeah it's gonna be due in january so it's coming so Caruth even went as far to tell Watkins if he didn't get the job done, he would hire someone to kill him too. Oh, yeah, huh. that's how we act. Hitman on Hitman. Hitman on Hitman. <laughs> Caruth ended up bringing in another guy, Michael Kennedy, who also had a violent past. They had met at an auto shop where Kennedy worked. So now he is bringing in someone else. He did. Okay. So Caruth got Kennedy and Watkins together, and they hatched a plan. There's no way this could go wrong. No way. No. On November fifteenth, nineteen ninety nine, Sharika was supposed to be coming to Caruth's home for a date that night, and after the date. Caruth and Sharika would drive back to Sharika's home in separate cars. Okay. So basically he was going to butter up 
Sharika. They were coming back to his house. He was going to drive separately to her home. All right. Once they were in a quiet and dark spot, Caruth would stop his car and Watkins and Kennedy would pull up beside her and get the job done. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kennedy doesn't even know how he got involved with this shit show, but he was freaking the fuck out. He's like, I didn't know that this was the job. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like, you just called me as if you needed help plunging your toilet. Or- yeah. Uh, but he was also like terrified that Caruth would just kill him if he bailed so he went with the plan yeah was he like a really angry player like on the field could you tell that he had all this like built up pent up I feel like all players look like that so I don't know oh okay yeah all right that's fair so as Caruth was hanging out at his home waiting for his date night with Sharika Kennedy and Watkins set out to buy a gun from a friend a 38 caliber revolver that they paid a hundred bucks for they don't (laughs) have a gun gun? no (laughs) and they're the hitman I wonder if they're splitting the three thousand i don't know additional three thousand who the fuck knows (laughs) he probably wasn't even planning on paying them no uh so watkins loaded the gun with five bullets and tossed the rest of the ammunition into a storm drain these men are morons i mean all oh it gets better it gets even better okay i'm ready i'm so sweaty uh that friend (laughs) that they bought the gun from was stanley abraham and he ended up tagging along with the two for the ride but he had no idea what was happening oh yeah so They're just all three in the car. In the car. And only one of them really knows what's going on. The other two have just been tacked on. Yep. Oh my god. Okay. After he figured out that the two were planning on committing a murder, he asked to be driven home... But it was too late and he was too far in. He's yeah. like, Mom, can you come pick me yeah. up? Can you drop me up at home? I want to go home. My friends are doing illegal shit. <laughs> uh, none of the three really wanted to be there, but they were all too deep in this shithole to get out. So they thought that they all had to go through with it. It's never too late. No, just to back just out. Stop just be what like, you're doing. yeah, I don't want to murder anybody. Just call the cops. Be like, hey, this guy tried to hire get me, me to <laughs> fucking murder his baby mama. Like, arrest him. Yeah, it's never too late. <laughs> So, at 9 p.m., Sharika arrived at Karu's house for their date, uh, and she was feeling a little hesitant about the situation because she couldn't really figure out why Karuth was suddenly having, like, a change of heart about this. But she was willing to try anything to make sure the two were at least on cordial terms by the time the baby was going to arrive. God damn it. So, as soon as she got inside the home, she started feeling anxious because Karuth was acting strange and kept leaving the room to go and talk on the phone. Uh, and I bet he was being real, like, pacey and yeah, jittery. Just like, and... Yeah, eventually. Hey, I'd be nervous, too, if I was planning on murdering, murdering Dustin. Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, eventually the two left for their date where they met up with another Panthers player and his girlfriend to see a movie called The Bone Collector. Oh, never seen it. I haven't either. Oh. Um, as they were headed home, Caruth called Kennedy to let them know the plan was in motion. Around midnight, Caruth and his girlfriend returned to his home and he told Sharika that he actually wanted to stay the night at her house. She was a little surprised by this, but she agreed anyway. Okay. She's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Come over. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So they each got into their own cars to drive over to Sharika's house, all while Kennedy and Watkins are watching the couple and stalking them in their own vehicle while Abraham was in the back seat. Fucking Abraham. What? Yeah, like, bro, should have sold him the gun. So Watkins put on a ski mask, gloves, and checked that the gun was loaded. Caruth drove onto a long stretch of road that was isolated and dark. He then came onto it like an abrupt stop, and Sharika had to slam on brakes to avoid hitting him. Yeah. This just doesn't make any sense. No, it does not. It's, there's no plan, which is fine. But Kennedy pulled up next to Sharika. Watkins rolled down the window from the back seat and shoved the gun into the driver's side of Sharika's car and began shooting. Damn. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Yeah, she just got bum rushed all at once. Yeah. 
So Kennedy shot the gun five times and Carruth drove off. Five times? Yep. All Just five bullets. blank? Directly into to the car. Yep. Driver's side? Yep. And the gun only had five bullets, so he just shot until he was out. Oh, this is so fucked up. And then Kennedy and Watkins were actually supposed to steal the purse to make it look like a robbery gone wrong, but they ignored this, not wanting to get any closer to Sharika's body than they already had, because they were freaked out about her being a dead body. Yeah. But these two actually failed to check that Sharika was actually dead. Oh. And by some miracle, she was still alive. What? After five gunshots? Yep. Damn. Sharika pulled herself up after being hit with a bullet four times, three in the back, one in the neck, and she began driving as soon as she saw that Kennedy had driven off towards a residential street. What? Yep. So she drove towards residential street where she was hoping like someone would notice she was in distress and help her until the paramedics arrived. Yeah. This is crazy. Oh, yeah. She's she amazing. got that mom power. Yeah. Uh, she was also able to grab her cell phone and call the police, and she alerted them that she was eight months pregnant and she had been shot. Oh, my God. A paramedic got on the phone with Sharika and asked her what happened and who she was with. She told him exactly what had unfolded and that she was with her ex-boyfriend, Ray Carruth. Sharika! What a badass. She is. Damn. And her baby, because he survives, <gasps> is even more badass. <gasps> Wait oh till you God. hear this. Okay. It has a sad, sad but happy ending. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, so within a few minutes, paramedics and police arrive on the scene where she was and escorted her to the hospital and she went directly into surgery. As they were wheeling her quickly across the hospital into an operating room, an officer was running with them, like like on TV how they do that. Yeah. yeah and yeah. asked to well, sure. doctors. Yeah. Like, I thought they got a cop <laughs> running, like, tell me who shot you. Yeah. Uh, and he asked Sharika to confirm who did this to her and reiterate what she had said on her 911 call and she confirmed exactly what she said before that it was her ex-boyfriend Ray Carruth who did this. Good girl. At a girl. That's insane. At a girl. Damn. So while the doctors at Carolina's Medical Center were working tirelessly on saving her her baby and Sharika's life Carruth and his co-conspirators were getting their alibis ready. Of course. Yeah. Because now they weren't planning on her living uh, so here we are. Yeah. Think of another plan. So they have no idea that this shit at the hospital is going down. Oh. Carruth called a girlfriend in Atlanta and began speaking with her while the other three knuckleheads drove back to Watkins' truck. Okay. Carruth drove through a car wash while he was on the phone with his side piece and headed to another Panthers teammate's home. Was there, he hung out and played video games and even happily chatted along with how excited he was about Sharika's pregnancy. And, and he thinks she's dead at this point. Yep. Oh my god. And he even told his friends that he might even think about settling down with her. And he was laying on the charm. He's like, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to marry this girl, and I'm so excited about the baby. What a literal monster. Yep. Oh, my God. Watkins actually considered killing both Kennedy and Abraham to uh, get rid of all the witnesses, but he was out of bullets. Well, yeah. You used all five. The other one's down the drain. Yep. And he used all five. So instead, he decided to dump the gun and gloves that he had used outside of the moving truck. Watkins dropped the other two off and then immediately drove himself to my favorite restaurant. Wait, McDonald's? No. Waffle Waffle House. (laughs) Waffle House. (laughs) It's a waffle home. He's like, man, I just finished murdering somebody and their baby. You know what I really need right now? An all-star meal. A grand slam. (laughs) Smothered, covered, diced, and chunked. (laughs) Yes. 
So, uh, while this is happening, you know, he's at Waffle House, Ray's chilling at a buddy's house, the other two are doing whatever knucklehead things are, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sharik is fighting for her own life and the baby's in surgery. Yeah. Luckily for her, the bullets had all missed the womb, but she lost a lot of blood during the attack and the baby was being deprived of oxygen. So the surgeons had no choice but to perform an emergency C-section to save the baby's life. Damn. And you said she's eight months? Eight months. Okay. God, so like, so scary. She was 30 weeks pregnant when he was like trying to push for it. So it had been about, she had been about 32 weeks pregnant. Okay. So Damn. Chancellor Lee Adams came oh. into this world at 1.42 a.m. on November 16th, 1999. Chancellor. Full 10 weeks early. Damn. So 30 weeks, not 32. Um, nurses had to rush him into the neonatal ICU where he was placed on a ventilator. Oh, what a sweet baby. He did so good. He did. Sharika's mother, Sandra, assumed that her daughter had been the victim of a random attack and tried to call Karuth multiple times so she could inform him of everything that was going on. Of course he didn't fucking answer. Because of course his baby is sitting in the ICU that very moment and she couldn't get a hold of him. Yeah. So when Sharika's grandparents arrived at the hospital, one of the nurses gave Sandra a picture of her grandson. I'm sorry, when when Chancellor's grandparents, baby boy Chancellor, arrived at the hospital, one of the nurses gave Sandra a picture of her grandson and gave her the tough news that not only was Sharika still fighting for her life, but baby boy Chancellor had been without enough oxygen and blood for 70 minutes and it caused him to have major brain damage that was irreversible. 70 minutes and yeah. he still survived. Lived? Yeah. Damn. That's crazy. So, just before 2 a.m., Caruth was on his way to meet another girlfriend of his, Candace Smith, who we talked about earlier. Yeah. When an unknown number popped up on his pager, he called the number back, and it was Sandra Adams telling him that his son had been born premature due to the attack on her daughter, Sharika. Which is the mom. Which is the mom. Oh, my God. Caruth was shocked that Sharika was still alive and survived the attack and was also unsure of how Sharika's mother even got his pager number. So he attempted to I play... I he started freaking the fuck. Oh, yeah. Literal fuck out. He played, like, the shocked and sad baby daddy story and told Sandra he would be at the hospital ASAP. Uh-huh. So after he hung up with Sandra, he sat in his SUV, completely rattled and stressed, and he didn't know what he wanted to do. Yeah. So he thought if he went to the police, or sorry, he thought if he went to the hospital, police would arrest him on the spot. But he knew if he didn't show up, it was practically an admission of guilt. Well, yeah. Yeah. If your baby mama and baby son are on their deathbeds and you don't show up, that's going to be a red flag, my friend. Yeah. Uh, Flag on the play. (laughs) Withholding. Withholding? Holding. Holding. (laughs) Holding. Sports. Uh, He drove back to the Panthers' teammates' home that he was hanging out at and woke them up to tell them Sharika had been shot and he did his best to play like the upset boyfriend. So he went back to the friend's house Mm -hmm. instead of going directly to the hospital? Right. Okay. He headed towards the Carolina Medical Center with the two friends in tow. I think he did this so they would act like as his alibi. Like, oh, hey, he was with us. I was with my friends all night. Yep. All righty. When they all arrived at the hospital, he was told that Sharika was still in surgery and he didn't want to be in the same room as Sharika's parents because he's a guilty son of a bitch. Yeah. So he sat on the floor of an empty conference room and thought about what was going to come from his actions. Well, you done fucked up. Yeah, you done real fucked up. Sharika's parents could sense the tension and picked the guilty signs up from Karuth and like not wanting to be around them, not making eye contact and his like insanely delayed response when they were trying to get a hold of him to tell them about their daughter and premature son. (sighs) 
So, Sharika's parents just straight up asked him if he shot their daughter or had something to do with it. Good. Yep. And Karuth deflected with anger that they would even ask him something like that. I can't believe you'd ask me something like that. Like, wow. But he eventually gave them, quote, his story. Oh, I'd love to hear it. He told them that he and Sharika had gone out to the movies, came back to Karuth's house, and then went their separate ways. Okay. So, the two friends that had rode with him to the hospital eventually left, but then Candace Smith, other side piece, showed up to give her man some company and noticed how stressed and anxious he was feeling. Uh-huh, I'm sure. So she gave him a little little shoulder massage. Oh, how sweet. How sweet. While they were waiting to hear some news from the doctors, Caruth quietly confessed to Candace that he wished that Sharika, quote, would just hurry up and, and die. die. Yeah. I had a feeling you were going to say that. Yeah. Like, why won't she just die? Die. Yeah. God, that's so fucked. And Candace was completely taken aback by this and started stirring up some suspicion in her mind since Caruth was acting so cold about his ex-girlfriend and the mother to his child. Yeah, Candace. Yeah. Fuck yeah, Candace. Around 4 a.m., police officers show up to the hospital to begin their investigation into what happened. They speak with Caruth and Candace and mention to him that since nothing was stolen or appeared missing from her car, it did not appear that robbery was the motive for the crime. Yeah, because your little buddies couldn't just grab her purse. Yep. Because you hired complete morons. Yes, and you're a complete moron. (laughs) I'm glad that you are, but you're a moron. Uh, As they continue talking with Caruth, Candace's brain just keeps spinning and spinning with possibilities. Uh Uh-huh. And she didn't really have any doubts that Caruth could possibly be involved with a situation like this. Damn. So, after the officers finished speaking with Caruth, he walked over to Candace and she started interrogating him herself. Oh. Fucking girl power. All right. Get it. (laughs) And she straight up asked him if he shot Sharika. Caruth denied shooting her himself. but he didn't. But he did admit to Candace that he was there when it happened. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Who else would want her dead? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He said that he fled the scene and drove to his teammate's house. And then when she had even more concerns, because she's like, why would you casually ask to hang out at 1.30 in the morning knowing that his ex-girlfriend had just been the victim of the shooting? Yeah. Like, your your ex-girlfriend just got shot. Why didn't you call the police? Why didn't you go with her to the hospital, you fucking moron? Yeah. So, after badgering Caruth with questions, he eventually cracked and told Candace what really happened, but still felt the need to defend himself by saying... He told Watkins to only shoot Sharika in the stomach to end the pregnancy and that he was not supposed to kill her. As if that makes it any better. Yeah. What are we trying to rationalize here? Even though here? You, you did want her dead. Yeah. No. I want... That just... It just doesn't make any sense. No. Uh, uh, Candace was, like, horrified and, like, floored by what he had told her. Yeah. And so soon after the police showed up with warrants to impound his car, testing his clothing for gunshot residue, and to search his home. Yeah. Oh, he's going down. Around 7 a.m., Sharika came out of surgery and gained consciousness. She had lost six liters of blood, and the bullets had struck several of her vital organs. <sighs> homicide detective spoke to her immediately and given the delicate and touch and go situation since uh he was not able to speak to her all the tubes were like in her mouth and like she yeah. like Having her throat was like respond yeah yeah so she communicated them with like pointing and writing okay yeah. she's like mustering up all her energy that she possibly has to give them what they need yeah and she told them everything. And her parents were in the room this whole time. And this set them off the fucking edge. Because they had just talked to Caruth that very night. Yeah. Oh, what a 
a terrible feeling. Yeah, because like this asshole had just tried to murder their child and grandchild and was just sitting in the hospital with them acting like he had nothing to do with it. Yeah. So Sandra, after the detectives have left, showed Sharika a picture of her brand new baby boy and told her that they had named him Chancellor just like Sharika had asked. After about 45 minutes into the visit with her parents, doctors asked them to leave to let Sharika rest. And about three hours after this, she slipped into a coma and never woke up again. What? Mm-hmm. So she was awake long enough to give her her story. Say, hey, this is what happened. Fucking get this asshole. Talk to her parents one last time. And then she died. You're making me big sad. I know. Aww. There's a happy ending though. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, detectives left the hospital and immediately went on the hunt for evidence on Ray Carruth. They searched his home and car and focused on his incoming and outgoing calls the night of the attack and saw that he had made two calls in the hours leading up to the attack, one to Watkins and one to Kennedy. Yeah, the two fucking morons. Yep, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Yeah. Carruth went back to his normal day-to-day life like nothing was happening, and he continued to rehab his ankle injury in hopes of getting back onto the field. He's just acting like nothing's happened. What? Everything's normal. What? I don't have a baby in the ICU. This is so crazy. Yep. Ah. Nine days after the shooting, detectives finally had enough evidence in their case to start making arrests. Okay. They went for Watkins first, since they thought he was most likely to be the flight risk, and started staking out his room that he had at a motel. Okay. Uh, Watkins tried to ignore the police presence. He knew they were, like, out there, but he tried to act like nothing was out of the ordinary. Like, oh, Oh, shit. Don't mind me. Shaving my cat and. Just doing all these random things that are acting normal. (laughs) Eventually, officers knocked on his door and asked that he come down to the station to answer some questions, and he reluctantly agreed. Okay. He's going to crack like like an egg. Yeah. (laughs) He doesn't have much uh, (laughs) fortitude. No, he does not. Uh, They threw him into the cell for the night, but before they locked the door, they asked him if he was willing to risk a death sentence to protect Ray Carruth. Yeah, well... Yep. The next morning, detectives knocked on Carruth's door and he woke up with a new girlfriend in his bed. Not even, uh, what was the other one's name? Uh, oh fuck, why did you do that to me? Sorry. Candace. Yeah, not even Candace. No. God damn it. New girlfriend. Uh, he also answered the door, but naked. Uh, no sir, boxers, no nothing. I need you to put Butt ass naked. your wiener away. Yep. <laughs> Uh, officers told him that he was under arrest and they escorted him upstairs so he could get dressed and immediately cuffed him as soon as he was dressed. Why would you answer the door butt naked? <laughs> After so weird. got to the station, officers threw him into an ice cold interrogation room by himself and Good. waited a bit to see if he would break. All right. And he did. He was terrified. I bet he was. After the news made the story that Carruth had been arrested in connection to the murder of his ex-girlfriend, Kennedy drove up to the station and made a full confession with his lawyer present, and he laid out an entire plan to the detectives. Okay. Well, at least it's annoying that it took them arresting Ray first. Mm -hmm. Yep. But at least he went up there, I guess. Yeah. Well, he was probably trying to strike a deal. He's like, I don't want to go down for this. I didn't want to do this. Yeah. I'm throwing these guys under the bus. Yeah. So Watkins was completely the opposite and he adamantly denied his involvement with the shooting. So police decided to try a different route of interrogation and they put Carruth and Kennedy in the same interrogation room. Was Watkins was the actual shooter. Watkins was the shooter, yeah. Okie dokie. He was the one that was originally hired for the 300 bucks and, you know. And then somehow. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> so they're trying to yeah. get roped into it. Okay. Watkins saw how terrified Caruth was and knew he would try to pin the whole thing on him. So he went back to his own interrogation room where they showed him the videotaped confession from Kennedy and he sang like a fucking canary. Yeah. I mean, you may as well at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you're fucked, dude. Just, yeah. just own up. The next day, all three were indicted and charged with conspiracy, attempted murder, and shooting into an unoccupied or an unoccupied vehicle. Damn. Caruth's Good. bail was set at $3 million, while the other two were set at $1.5 million each. I'm sure he had the, what is it, 300000 that you yeah. would have to pay? Well, he only had $150,000 to his name at that one point. Oh. So he might have had to put his house up, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Or his mom's house, or yeah. his new cars, mm-hmm. or any of the other nice things. Things that he has. Yeah. Uh, weird. The Panthers also announced that they were putting Caruth on a leave of absence at this time as well. Ah. Well... Hmm. That's hard awkward. To, hard to have him playing football when he's in jail. in jail. Yeah. Uh. Somehow, Caruth was able to make bail, and he was released on December 6th to await his trial. Oh, so he did make bail. He made bail, but there was yeah. one condition of his release. If either Chancellor or Sharika died, he would have to turn himself back into the police because his charges would be upgraded from attempted murder to murder. Oh, well, sh- she did die. She did die. Sharika's condition had degraded quickly since he slept into the coma, and she was in a vegetative of state oh she hadn't died yet Yet. yes okay all right so on the morning of december 14th 1999 her family made the decision to take her off life support but before doing this they brought her three-week-old baby boy chancellor in to see her one last time later that day sharika passed away once they got word of sharika's passing charlotte pd started looking for ray caruth but he was on the run Oh, Jesus Christ. The way he goes on the run, too, is just fucking ridiculous. You're going to love this. <sighs> so, I, okay. yeah. So, Caruth panics when he heard about Sharika passing, and he wanted to get the fuck out of Charlotte. Yeah, I bet he did. He wanted to get back home to Sacramento and asked an ex-girlfriend if she would help him get back home, and she wanted nothing to do with him. Yeah. But well. he found a family friend named Wendy Cole, who was willing to drive him and help him out. Uh, she was already trying to go out to California for cosmetology school. She was already going. Yeah. Uh, I hope her ass gets thrown in jail as well for trying to hide a fugitive. fugitive. Caruth convinced her to let him ride in the trunk and took some, he took some energy bars, a cell phone, and $4,000 cash with him. And on December 14th, around 10 p.m., the two fled Charlotte. Okay. Um, Hmm. Yep. You're going to ride in the trunk. What does it matter if you're sitting in the back seat, the passenger seat? I guess he didn't want to be spotted. They just wanted to be like a single girl driving. What? <laughs> That just seems like an extra added layer that was it, unnecessary. It's, it's very odd. <laughs> okay. So around 8 a.m. on December 15th, the two had been driving for about 10 hours, and Wendy Cole pulled into a motel in Wildersville, Tennessee. Okay. During that 10 hours, Cole had talked on the phone with Caruth a few times while he was in the trunk, and he had convinced her to help him originally. But, you know, she's spending most of this drive by herself. That gives you a lot of time to think. Yeah. And she didn't really want to be caught harboring a fugitive. Well, yeah. Yeah, maybe you should have thought that through to begin with. So, as she went inside to get a room, Carew stayed in the trunk of the car, and she had a change of heart and didn't want anything to do with the situation any longer. Okay. She decided to call Caruth's mother in Sacramento, who then called the bail bondsmen, who were also on Caruth's tail, for fleeing and told them exactly where to find him. Yes! The bondsmen then called it into the Charlotte PD, who then called it into the FBI to get their assistance in capturing them. It's like a really awesome game of telephone. Yeah! 
Okay, mm-hmm. love that. That afternoon, five FBI agents showed up to the Best Western in Wildersville, Tennessee to arrest Carruth. They weren't really I'm sure. You, I'm surprised he was still there. I know. Yeah. Uh, they weren't sure if they were, if he was like hiding at the hotel or if he had any weapons. So their first objective was like get Wendy Cole out of harm's way. Yeah. So the lead agent went up to the desk and asked them to call down Wendy Cole to tell her that there was like an issue with her room key and they needed her to come down and get sorted out with the desk. Okay. I like that. Love a good ruse. Yep. Okay. So once down there, she told them Caruth wasn't in her room. Um, He's in the trunk of the car. <laughs> but she didn't specify where he actually was. Oh. So after they searched her room, she still refused to say where he was and kept like looking at her car keys nervously. Uh, they got the hint and she, they, they, they knew he was hiding in the car. Why didn't she just say it? I don't know. She's just weird. She was just like, here's the Guilty. Keys. Like, they're right there. They're right there. They're right there. Right there. It's the white Toyota. <laughs> That's so weird. Okay. Uh, and she just insisted that Cruz should not be hurt, and she didn't want him to know that she was the one that turned him in. Um, he had, he had it coming. murdered. I think it's okay if we hurt him a little yeah. bit. <laughs> so they knocked on the trunk of the car and spoke to Carruth to make sure he didn't have a weapon and wasn't suicidal, and they arrested him. Okay. We got... We got his got ass. our guy. Jesus Christ. Yep. Ten months later, <sighs> his trial started, uh, and it was a super complicated case, and the prosecutor assigned wanted to make an example of the defendants and decided to seek the death penalty for all three of them. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my God. Carruth's mother tried to get, like, a dream team of lawyers, like what OJ did, but that didn't really work out. Yeah. Uh, And in May of 2000, the lead prosecutor offered all four defendants a plea deal. Carruth, Watson, Kennedy, and Abraham. If they all four pled to second-degree murder, they could avoid the death penalty. Okay. Carruth was still on his, I'm innocent bullshit, uh, and refused to take the deal, so the prosecutor countered and offered it to the other three so he could use at least one of them to testify against Carruth. Watkins took that deal when the other two refused. The trial officially took place on October 23rd, 2000, uh, and the most compelling piece of evidence that the prosecution had was Sharika's 911 call when she directly implicated Carruth in the crime. Yeah. Hell yeah. She knew it was him. She did. And she, oh God. She helped nail his ass. Yeah, I know. Almost the entire jury was in tears after hearing the 911 call replayed for them in their court. I bet. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. The defendant's case strategy was completely different though. They pinned the entire thing on Watkins and played it as Carruth screwing him out of a huge drug deal and he was pissed at him so he took revenge on Carruth's ex-girlfriend in a fit of rage. Okay. Well, that's their job to create other... Other scenarios. scenarios. Poor job of it, but I get it. The theory was somewhat believable and the main piece of evidence for this theory was from a prison guard who heard Watkins say it was all Ray's fault. If he would have just given us the money, none of this would have happened. Hmm. Stay tuned. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they also tried to spin the 911 call as not being totally believable since Sharika would have been in shock and may not have seen things truly for how they were during the chaos. Um, she's, I don't know. I she's a badass. Yeah. I've never listened to it, but I'm assuming she was pretty She clear. said three times that he did it. Yeah. When she made that call, when she got to the hospital, and then when she woke up. Yeah. So she's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Watkins was the prosecution's star witness, and their intent was to discredit him as much as possible so the jury wouldn't believe his testimony on Carruth. Hmm. So the defense is like, we're going to fuck this guy up yeah. so that the jury won't believe him. Oh, uh, okay. After being in jail for 13 months, Michael Kennedy 
Kennedy finally agreed to testify against Carruth if the prosecution agreed to treat him well when his own trial came. Um, <laughs> like, you better be nice to me. Better be nice to me, <laughs> or I'm not going to do this shit. <laughs> you can't be too mean. Can't Prosecutors too were, like, surprised by this, but they took it. Huh, okay. So, Kennedy laid out all the events as they happened, and his testimony contradicted Carruth's story so much, the prosecution decided they didn't even need to call Watkins to the stand. Yeah. Hmm. So, that's how it was. Yeah. They also called Candace Smith to the stand. Ah, that's the <laughs> girlfriend. The girlfriend. Side okay. piece girlfriend. Yep. Who talked about his weird behavior at the hospital and how he admitted to her he was there for the shooting that night, along with some ex-girlfriends who testified to Carruth's character, stating he was really moody and would become aggressive when they spoke about potential pregnancies. So I guess he just never learned to, like, wrap it up. Yeah, I was going to say, if only we had a way to stop, stop that pregnancy from How even weird. happening in the first place. If only there was a method. I know. <laughs> Or a tool of sorts. It was so odd. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Things weren't looking good for the defense, so they decided to throw up a Hail Mary and call Watkins to the stand, hoping that they could like pick apart his story enough to make things turn their way. Okay. Watkins was large and intimidating, and he was even like shackled. Uh, his testimony lasted two days. He was consistent the entire time. Yeah. And then something even better happens. Oh my lord. Another prison guard testified that Sergeant Riddle was obsessed with Carruth and spent lots of time alone in his cell and that the testimony was tainted and it was all thrown out, which ruined the bad drug deal theory. This is the the sergeant at the prison who said that he heard Watkins talking about Ray not paying them. The guard guy. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Hmm. So jury deliberation took a while. After three days, they sent a note to the judge asking for some further their instruction they finally came up to a verdict a day later on january 19th 2001 okay they found ray caruth guilty on three counts discharging a firearm into an occupied vehicle intent to kill an unborn child and conspiracy to commit murder but they found him not guilty for first degree murder why i don't know that doesn't make any sense i'm not sure like at least he was charged with these other things but yeah Okay. The following Monday, he was sentenced to at least 18 years and 11 months, but no more than 24 years. So he's not even getting life. He's um, out, by the way. Excuse me? Oh, yeah, he's out. What? Mm-hmm. He's out of prison. He got out in 2018. What? Why? She died. She died. And he called upon it. Mm-hmm. And he's out. Just and his poor, his, fucking life. his poor child is disabled for the rest of his life because of what he did. Oh, my God. Kennedy was sentenced to 11 years in prison, Abraham received 90 days, and Watkins pled guilty to second-degree murder, and he is scheduled to be released in 2046. If he lives that long, he'll be 85 years old. Like, he actually got more time than Carruth, even though they should have gotten the same amount of time. Yeah, even though... He, so, I mean, I get it. He's the one who pulled the trigger. I get that. But he would have literally never have done that if it weren't for Ray. Yep. And then Ray's out? Yeah. Carew's lawyers took the case to the Supreme Court and tried to say that Sharika's testimony shouldn't be admissible since she was not able to be cross-examined. Um. She's dead. Yeah. What does that mean? I'm getting real angry. Yep. I'm getting real angry. Uh, yeah. And Carew's mother also tried to sue for custody of Chancellor Adams. Uh, no, no ma'am. ma'am. I don't think so. But the custody was a battle lost, and Sandra Adams was given sole custody. So Sharika's mother has sole custody. Good. Tons of civil lawsuits followed this. Um, he was found guilty to the cause of Sharika Adams' death and was supposed to pay the Adams family over $5 million. This never really happened since he was broke by the time he went to jail. 
Damn. Chancellor uh. Lee Adams suffers from cerebral palsy and brain damage. Mm. He'll always need to live with a caregiver due to these medical conditions, and all of that has fallen on his grandmother, Sandra Adams, who's oh. taken care of him his entire life. Sandra's a literal angel. Oh, wait till you see the pictures I posted them. They are precious. Oh. He still lives a very active and happy life, though, and he even competes in the Special Olympics with his motorized wheelchair. Get out of here. Yep. Oh, what a sweet baby muffin. And I don't have any fun facts, so I'm going to share you some a happy story to end this. Okay. Are you sure it's happy? It's very happy. Okay. (laughs) Uh, He is a huge fan of the Carolina Panthers because he lives in Charlotte. Chancellor? Chancellor lives in Charlotte with Sandra, so he loves football. Loves the Panthers. Okay. And he even got to go to a game uh, and meet players on the field in 2018, less than a week after his father, Ray Carruth, was released from prison. So by this time, they have a new owner of the Panthers, and he wanted to give his condolences to the family, because the previous owner, like, washed his hands completely of Ray and didn't want anything to do with him after the murder. Yeah. But David Tepper, the new owner, didn't think it needed to be that way. So the Adams even went to the London game where the Panthers played and it was like an all expenses paid like trip and vacation by a fan club of the Carolina Panthers, which I thought was really awesome. Like they took them to London to see the Panthers play and have like a nice little vacation, Oh, that's which I have sweet. pictures of too. It was really cool. Oh my God. I can't look at the, I no. can't look at those like right now. I'll look at so tomorrow cute. morning. <laughs> so cute. Six months before his release, Carruth wrote a letter to Sandra letting her know that he was sorry about the death of Sharika, but still did not admit any guilt to the crime, which is just shitty that he's still selfish to this day. Yeah. Literally with and, no one else. Like, this is how selfish he is. Instead of sending this letter directly to her, he sent the letter to a news station to really, like, to prove that he apologized. So they could contact her or, like, read it on the Yeah, on the news. news? Yep. What? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yeah. Um, and like, apparently he wanted to like raise chancellor after his arrest and Sandra was like, no, uh, no, bitch. No, you are not. Go get fucked. What? And Sandra, the only statement she made about this was that she would never let chancellor be raised by the man who tried to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. So Sandra. on the morning of October 22nd, 2018, he was released from prison. Uh, but the pictures are really cute and like he got he was wearing a cam newton jersey which at the time like cam newton was like the best player on the panthers yeah. and got them to a super bowl and all that good stuff uh he got gloves from a player like he's just like you can tell in the pictures he's just living his like best having, life like, the best time the best time ever yeah oh, mm-hmm. and his really grandma sweet. was with him the whole time i love that mm-hmm. oh man that was a roller coaster of emotions yes and just you did so good on that. That was a You almost got me a couple times. I know. I, I <laughs> like had known about it, but I didn't know all the details that went involved in it. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Damn. That was that was completely bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, hate that he's out. Hate yep. him. Love Chancellor. I like the name too. It's a cool name. I know. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I hate that. I hate that his mom isn't here mm-hmm. to see him live in his best life. Yep. Oh man. Oh. And he's already graduated high school. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. And I love Sandra. I know. That was a great ending. Um, terrible almost ending, but that was a great ending, too. Mm-hmm. And I hope he, he gets to do all of his hopes and dreams and Chancellor's out there just living his best life. Yeah. Dang. Well, thanks for that. Yeah. Before you go, you should follow us on Instagram. Yeah. We have an Instagram. At hashtag murder pod. Spell out the whole thing. Yeah. 
We're also on the the Facebooks. We are, but I honestly don't. I know forget how that we. Works. I f- everything that gets posted <laughs> to the Instagram automatically gets forwarded there, so you know you're good there. Yeah, I really don't know how it works. I'm working on it though. If you follow one, you're basically following the other. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, and if you like this, give us five stars. Or if you don't like us, still give us five stars. <laughs> You made it this far. You made it this far. You might as well enjoy it. You made it like an hour and 15 minutes into it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But we'd really appreciate it. That helps us out a lot. Um, so if you think about it, you can leave one on uh, the, not the Google. Um, uh, the Spoofies, the as spoofies. My, my mom calls it. <laughs> the Spoofy or the, the spoofy. Apple Podcast. Yep. Oh, man. Well, I need a shot of something. <laughs> After that, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks for hanging out. And thanks so much for loving on Georgie Boy. I know. We love you all. Love you. Bye. See you next week. Bye. <laughs> I started out too high. I know, yeah. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. And bye. Bye. <laughs> we always have to have the last word. You give one more bye. And bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Hashtag Murder. Episodes are written and edited by Alex Lewis and Scarlett Hipton. Our intro and outro music is written and played by Derek Branton. Our cover art is by the lovely Lauren Walker. And our name was created by the most wonderful, supportive, and super hot boyfriend, Dustin Branton. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or ideas, you can reach us at hashtag murderpod at gmail.com. That's H-A-S-H-T-A-G murderpod at gmail.com. And don't forget to tell all of your friends about us. Thanks. Bye. Began pregnant. Why did I write that? She became pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> she began pregnant. Wait. <laughs> I'm out of the closet. I've been out of the closet for years now. Like over a decade. Yeah. Really for just two weeks, if we're being honest. <laughs> uh, it sounded good, though, whenever we did. Um... Oh, you didn't get it? I'm out of the closet. Oh. Because I'm gay. Oh. <laughs> oh, Scott. You should put this into the bloopers. Do <laughs> you like this koozie that Mallory got me? Leave me alone. <laughs> I got another one that says, go away. I love it. I love it so much. To 11 years in prison. Prison. Prism. Why did I say prism? But the lead per uh blah 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 bitch feeling. So she massaged his soldiers while they were waiting to hear some news from the doctors. She massaged his soldiers. Soldiers. <laughs> shoulders. Shoulders. <laughs> wait, do that one again. We'll, oh wait, real quick before you start it. <laughs> uh, I remember it. Um, it basic training used to crack me up because we do the soldiers creed and you say i am an american soldier and the amount of people that say i am an american shoulder (laughs) (laughs) it made me laugh every time i'm an american shoulder shoulder (laughs) okay you know i've said this before but i thought for sure i was gonna die in a house fire (laughs) yes as a small child i really thought i was that was uh what movie was that homeward bound 2 ruined it for me oh my god (laughs) Uh, okay but no that's very sad that sucks like no air conditioning comes in here annoying it's okay bye honey bye duck she's laying by the door she's like come on look at the paws (laughs) my little grinch feet best shape of his life if uh, going into (laughs) every time you (laughs) i swear i'm listening i swear i'm listening